Welcome to the Stray Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Ian. I'm Ross. And I'm Colin. And yeah, Stray Dog Podcast. Uh, so what the hell is this podcast? That's a really good question. Who are we? <laughs> How do we know each Who are other? these people? <laughs> well, I'm Ian Baker. I am a filmmaker located in Jersey. And yeah, I've known these guys since college. And we've worked together on a few different projects. Which, by been... the way, was only a few months back. Yes. But, but yeah. we didn't go to college in the 90s. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the godfather to any of these Thanks. people's children. Yeah, it's not like, uh, <laughs> It's not really like a... Uh, yeah, we're like straight out of college. Yeah. We went to Montclair State. Ian graduated before me and Colin. I'm an old fuck. He's an old fuck. Top five regrets. Yes, top five <laughs> regrets of my life. Of my yes. life. We're all filmmakers. We're all who... filmmaking people. And we're, we're making... We're going to make movies together. And uh, also, uh, we, we started... love talking movies. We, we love, love talking about talking movies. movies. <laughs> it's we literally love... one of the only things we talk about. Oh yeah, it's the like... only thing we talk about. And yeah, like, like when we talk, try to talk about what was happening on the Senate floor, we were like, Paul McCartney was there. Well, the, 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 there was a McCarthy or something like that. Uh, the people what are you talking about people were duking it out. Like, like, like we we had no idea what the fuck we were talking about. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about right now. I think the, he's the, talking the about the floor. Senate. The Senate floor. Oh, McC- I thought you said McCartney, like Paul uh, McCartney. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I was going to show how how confused we were about contemporary politics. And I'm confused right now. Anyway, <laughs> here we love movies. Here and we, we love movies. are going to talk about movies. What's on the agenda today? All right, we're talking about the original Muppet movie and the almighty classic RoboCop. Inside, the original. Inside you, there are two wolves. The Muppet movie and RoboCop. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Muppet movie it was my suggestion because I love the Muppets. And uh, what year is it from? 1979. Thank you. It's from 1979. So how many years was the Muppet Show on air before the Muppet movie came out? All right. Okay. Making me pull up IMDb. Uh, I want to say like three Okay. So the Muppet Show premiered in 1976. And the Muppet movie, yeah, three years. Damn. So I I didn't even know when it started. (laughs) So I think the Muppet movie, if I'm right, I believe it premiered midway through season three and of course the muppets are created by jim henson however he didn't he wasn't the director of the muppet movie it's directed by james frawley who is uh he also like he's the guy that directed like the monkeys and uh nothing of interest besides the monkeys and the muppet movie let's be real so the monkeys the band yeah, like yeah. The, yeah, like the the yeah, like the band, yeah. But did Jim Henson? He didn't, der- or no, he wrote it, right? No, it's written by uh, Jerry Jewell and Jack Burns, okay, who you know wrote for the Muppet Show, and they are comedy geniuses. Well, how come they like Jim Henson and the whole Henson Company? Like they didn't start out like out of the gate working on the movie of like here we're gonna write it and we'll at least produce it, maybe direct it. Because down the line, that's what they did. I mean, I think, like... Uh, they didn't have I, that sway yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, uh, Jim Henson had any, like, like uh, directing chops. And they're like, okay, we don't know if this whole Muppet Show thing is really going to translate well to a movie. Let's get an actual movie uh, person to also, direct it. Also, he it. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true, but yeah. he did it in the other. No, ones I mean, like, too. He, I mean, he did. I mean, clearly, Jim Henson plays a big role. He's the fucking producer. It's like very much his vision, as well, with the help of all his, uh, you know, uh, teammates that he leads. 
Muppet movie. Muppet What's movie. it about? <laughs> what it's did you think? the origin of the Muppets. Oh, Colin, this was your first time seeing it. What it you was think? my yeah. first time seeing it. Yeah. Uh, it says it's it's so beautifully wholesome, and it, it, I, I love Kermit as the protagonist. He just wants, like, he, he he's discovered in a swamp by a talent agent <laughs> who's lost. And the, the talent agent... Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. By the way, fantastic cameos throughout this movie. Oh, yes. But Best cameos Dom, at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dom DeLuise comes out and he's like, Hey, man, you're funny and you can sing a pretty good song on that banjo of yours. You should go to Hollywood. And Kermit's like, Mm, I like it here. And I'm not even going to attempt a Coleman impersonation. Oh, okay. yeah, that's my job. Exactly. I was Ian exactly. doing that. Exactly. <laughs> I, wanna, I just wanted to be in the swamp. I just feel like every Kerman impression is, is like just a little cringe. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Kermit is just like, I, I like it here in the swamp. And he's like, but you can make millions happy. He's like, hmm, millions he's of like, people happy. Like, he's like, yeah, I, I want to make people happy. That's what's great about, like, yeah. his whole character in this is that Usually when there's a movie or a show that's like, I'm going to go to Hollywood and be like a, a huge famous whatever. Yeah. This one is like, I just want to go and make people happy. But also like, isn't there like, isn't, I mean, isn't the concept like there's uh, Orson Welles' characters like looking for frogs for something? Yeah, but oh, yeah, still yeah, he's yeah, going he's there to frogs. just like, make people happy. Yeah, yeah to make people, like, that's like, it. Yeah, he's not like, yeah, there is, looking there to be is the rich and rich. famous there is the rich or famous contract, but he his end goal is to make people happy. This yeah. isn't Babylon. Like, like, like he's not like Margot Robbie, where he's like, I'm gonna I'm become, a star. I'm gonna become a star. <laughs> and I always was a star, and more people need to recognize that I'm a star. I'm a star. Yeah. Like, COVID is just like, you know, I want to bring joy and happiness to all these people. That's something that, like, I, I want to do as a filmmaker. You know what For I sure. mean? Yeah, like, likewise. Yeah, like, I, then, I don't particularly, like, you know... If I become good enough to have films that are shown worldwide, like I, I don't particularly want to become this like massive celebrity or anything like that, or, or live in like a huge big house. Like I like Hayao Miyazaki's philosophy to filmmaking, where he's just like, I just live in my nice little house by a tree, and I make my movies. You know, like that—that's what I aspire to do. I just want to live near an open field. Yeah, I just want to live near an open field, have it's a nice surrounded tree. Surrounded by anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's what Corbett is like too. He's not yeah. like I'm. I'm trying to like, you know, marry a model, even though he he does marry a model. Uh, well, that's up. That's up for debate. <laughs> that's up for debate. That's up for debate. Miss Piggy is yeah. totally. No, no, a but model. no, 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 no. It's up for debate whether or not they get married. Okay. That's a whole. Don't get me started on that. That's like in the Muppets Take Manhattan. But then, like, uh, they, but then, but then, at, it's so. They just fall in love with this. No, one. but no, but like they're so wacky with the way they present the Muppets as like they are celebrities in the real world. So it's like in interviews, Kermit and Piggy would talk about, like people would ask them about how about their marriage, and they're like, and Kermit would insist that no, that was just a movie, we didn't really get married. And then Piggy would be like, no, we did. <laughs> like that's the whole. Oh, that's the, that's whole, the whole, gag. whole gag. Yeah, that's like it's like okay. a whole. Yeah, it's like a never-ending. Kermit and Piggy's relationship is it's like tempestuous. Is, is it's a it's a constantly changing thing. I think they like went through a breakup of when they did that like that that sitcom recently. It sucked. And it's mm. uh, uh yeah that it did. sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. There was a new Muppet sitcom. It was back in, in like, like 2015? 15, yeah. Are you talking about the there. movie with Jason Segel? No, no, no. This no. was called The Muppets. And it, it was like was... The Office meets The Muppets, basically. I hate that. Yeah. I hate yeah. it so much. Yeah. It was really like cringe, too. Like, yeah. fucking Fozzie was dating a girl, and, like, the parents disapproved. 
Yeah. Like it's a just, human girl? Yeah, like a human girl. Like a human girl. Human yeah. girl. Yeah, I don't want to think about those mechanics. And he's like drinking you know? a glass of wine, sitting on the couch, talking to the parents. It's just I, so I kind of like the idea of that. I, li- I, li- I like Fozzie being on the couch drinking some wine. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. fucking awkward to me. There's some weird shit in that, that show. But anyway, this movie is great. And I, I think like the thing that really like inspired like why the Muppets inspired me uh, growing up is because like the technical side to it and like all the tricks you have to pull off just to make this work. So like like we're still talking about the first scene. Like he's Kermit's sitting on a log floating on top of the water. Jim Henson had to like hang out in a tank, <laughs> nearly suffocating. I mean, for, did like, he have I don't oxygen know. down Yeah, there? no, he had oxygen, yeah. but it's like, but it's like, <laughs> like, it does not seem ple- pleasant. And like, you know, they had to figure out how to make him ride a bicycle. It's actually pretty simple. It's a marionette, but like... That actually, like, was the most impressive thing for me, is like, the, seeing him on a bicycle just but going also, by himself. You know what's even... Did you even think about how Fozzie and Kermit can drive a car? I only really like that's fine because it's like yeah they can do that that's fine no but, but like, like you didn't think about like have you thought about the logistics of like how to technically make no but it was more impressive it was more impressive to see Kermit on the bike than it was yeah. in the driving scene well, it was really because impressive. you got to see yeah. like a full shot yeah of Kermit just going by himself on a bike with like it's yeah it's magic I'm sure it's with like, the car. It's probably a lot more logistics, but yeah, like for it's me, technically, yeah, no, because it's like you don't know right off the like with the car, you could be like, oh, there's a guy hiding in another part of the car that's really driving. Yeah, I'm sure there's some like you yeah, know, super thing, but it's just like amazing to me to yeah. see a full fledged Muppet just on his own going for it and on yeah. a bike. He's on a bike. Like, how the he's fuck did that work? It's just he's it's a marionette. That's like yeah, what's crazy. It's, it's like yeah. it's so simple. It's, it's so simple, simple, simple thing, but it like blows your mind. Yeah, because it's just like that's why. Because like when I see he's like real. a creature or whatever <laughs> driving a car, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But then like when you see it just by itself on a yeah. bike on its own, just going like almost. I know this is a little off topic, but like in the Invisible Man, the original, yeah, when he's just like the bike is moving by itself, it's just so it's so joyous yeah. to see the Cloud Range one. Or yeah, yeah, the Cloud yeah. Range. I mean, there is yeah. just something magical about bicycles in general. Yes, bicycles are whimsical. Yeah, but like bike riders have like destroyed them for everyone. You know, what I mean, that stereotype of that biker who just takes up like the entire street, who well, goes on that biking gear and stuff like that, like. Uh, no one wants to be that guy. I think that I think they're innocent. Um, you think they're innocent? Yeah, you're just. You, I mean, you're 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 no better than the people that actively run them over. I <laughs> uh, no, I don't actively run bikers over. I'm just saying that, like, when there's a group of bikers and I'm late to work, they're slowing me down, maybe. Well, you know, we need to make bike-friendly roads. I think we should make bike lanes. I mean, we have we bike, bike lanes, but we need more. We yeah. need more bike lanes. We need more bike lanes. You, you can't bike in Montclair. The streets aren't big enough. Well, Montclair is too hilly. But that makes biking, <laughs> that makes like the activity of biking like hodl. Yeah. And so it's a better workout when it's hilly. Yeah, I guess, yeah. You know, like biking in San Fran, that's a big thing. Yeah. For sure. You know? Definitely. But, so, anyway, yeah. general vibes. Like, as the Muppet uh, expert I'm no here, yeah. what are your thoughts compared to like all the other films? I, I mean, I think I would probably rank this at the top. So it's like, I guess my ranking is like, the Muppet movie, then like Muppet Christmas Carol below that, and then then Muppets Take Manhattan below that, hmm. and then Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, no, 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 no. that that Muppet Treasure Island sucks. 
Like, give me a second. Okay. Did I say Muppet Sigma Hat already? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then Great Muppet Caper below that. Okay. Okay, and then I already said Christmas Carol is number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then so below Manhattan, no, below, then Caper, then below Caper would probably be Muppets from Space. Mm-hmm. And then Muppets, oh, shit, wait, what about Muppets Most Wanted? Okay. <laughs> okay, so Muppets Most Wanted goes below Caper, and then... <laughs> okay. And space, then, right? Uh, I think I, I might put space... Um, below Wanted? Yeah, below Most Wanted. Mm. Is that like the top five then, or... And then below Space yeah. goes Muppets 2011, mm-hmm. and then and then Muppet Treasure Island's at the bottom. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. I mean, yeah, weirdly... It's got Tim Curry. Yeah. Though. No, it does have Tim Curry in it, but, like, the, it's not funny. It's not funny, and it's not... But it's probably entertaining to see how the Muppets take on Treasure Island. Like, that's that's a classic story. I mean, one, I don't really like the story of Treasure Island that much. Really? Yeah, wow. Really. wow. Sorry, hot take. God damn. Then, but and also, like, but no, ugh. but it's just, like, the, 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 the way they pulled off isn't that, like, who's the main character from Treasure Island? Uh, the, the kid. The kid. Just like a, he's played by a human boy. Oh, really? Yeah. No, they should have had like and one then, of the Muppets but, play the boy. But then, but he has two best friends, Gonzo and Rizzo. Okay. Gonzo should around. have been the kid then. And like the humor just doesn't work. So like, there's just been a Gonzo whole... as the kid. Yeah, then. that's uh, that's. There's no need yeah, right? for the kid. And then yeah, and then like the. So who plays the the nefarious pirate that has a soft spot for the kid? Um, that's uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, that's. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's Pennywise. So this isn't even a Muppet movie. No, it's well, not. No, it's but just Kermit's an like the, Kermit's like Island. Kermit's like the captain. Okay. And then like, uh, it just. But, but like for a Muppet movie, I yeah. feel like, oh well, Michael Caine plays it plays Scrooge, in, brilliantly in Christmas Carol. So I guess it's not entirely true, but like, I would like the main character of a Muppet movie to be a Muppet. I mean that's also kind of like the biggest problem with uh, uh, the Muppets 2011 with Jason Siegel is that it's about like the main like the Muppets are supporting characters in the story that should be a hundred percent about them. Yeah, yeah and they got this really you know. lame. It's like new Kermit's Muppet. like a supporting character. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's more about J- Jason Segel really and, and <laughs> the lame new Muppet. Yeah, what's his name? Which is a pencil Walter. Portrait. Yeah, yeah, Walter. Yeah. yeah, fuck Walter. Yeah, um, I don't care about him. Yeah, fuck Walter. <laughs> I want to see Rizzo. But yeah, but yeah no, like the. But yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. The, I want to see Rizzo seize the day, man. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna see Rizzo for a long time. When am no. I gonna get my Rizzo mobster movie where he takes? It's over not. A, I, Steve, ever Jesus. since Steve Whitmire got fired, I don't think we're gonna. Well, get those new Rizzo. guys who can play Rizzo, right? Like, I don't know. That that's like Rizzo is like a hundred percent Steve Whitmire's character. And I feel like it would like. I feel like a lot of those uh, puppeteers were like friends with Steve Whitmire. It'd be like bad taste yeah. to do Rizzo, hmm. you know? Can they can they bring him back? I was he taken down in like Dis- the Me Too movement or something? No, like it's that, like or? we don't really know what he just sort of vanished. It's really weird. It's like Disney fired him for so-called un- unacceptable business practices. Okay. And then Brian Henson chimed in, uh-huh. and I should give some context. Steve Whitmire is the guy that took over for playing Kermit after Jim Henson died. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway. And when did Jim Henson die? Uh, 1990. Okay. Yeah, Disney, it was announced in like 2016, I think. Disney fired him for unacceptable business practices, and then uh, Brian Henson chimed in. And he was saying like, "Oh, he made Kermit into a flat, miserable character," but not really. It was more that 2015 show that made him into a flat, miserable character, and then and then they replaced him with Matt Vogel, who I have nothing against Matt Vogel, but his Kermit doesn't sound right. And that's not even the big problem. It's that his Kermit feels even more flat mm-hmm. because now let's circle this back to the Muppet movie. 
is that like all of his character comes from just quotes and phrases from the Muppet movie. It feels like that sucks. It so feels it's just like a cheap imitation, kind of. Yeah, so it's just it's like dumb so, shit. like in interviews, he's like, "Oh, well, it's all about making millions of people happy." Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's all that's he has to enough. say, and he's like, "Oh, I just love my friends." So it's a copy and paste job, basically. But it's like it's so because like when you think about Kermit on the Muppet Show, he's really dynamic. He's like can be an angry, bitter asshole. Yeah, and like just a very stressed, anxiety-ridden yeah, uh, yeah. leader. Where he's got a lot to carry, man. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, he's a star. And, and I like Muppet Movie Kermit, but, like, the fact that that's now the default Kermit bums me out because it, like, it, it makes him so flat. He's just a nice guy. It and also that's makes it. sense that he's like that way because the Muppet mm-hmm. Show hasn't begun yet. In terms yeah. of the <laughs> canon <laughs> of that, yeah. So, so he's this, this, now he's bri- bu- this bright-eyed kid who's yeah, going yeah, to yeah. Hollywood. And then he's finally and, and there. He understands there, the stress like, that's it, like... This is terrible. Yeah, this is a fucking terrible job. I'm fighting for my life. My sanity. <laughs> my lunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, uh, for me anyway, because I'm not as big as a Muppets fan. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen The Muppets Take Manhattan in a while. That's probably my favorite. But this is probably, like, my second favorite one. Hmm, okay. So I have to rewatch Manhattan again. But I did really enjoy looking back on this because it felt a lot more freeing than a lot of the further ones that yeah, come down it's the line. Very, yeah, it's very, like, um, like Zucker brothers Yeah, 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 because yeah, there's a lot of gags, but the gags work. Like 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 the like the drinks on the house. Yeah, exactly. And they're all on top of the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, like, everything. The fat sailor. Yeah, the fat sailor yeah. at yeah. Ill. Even with the, uh, the fucking carnival, too, like, introducing Piggy and then having all those, like, dreamland. Yeah. yeah. Look at the, the fantasies that she yeah. has with Kermit. Yeah. That's great. It's great, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, you know? it just feels less earthbound. Yeah, because in Muppets Take Manhattan, like they gotta pay like Manhattan rent. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 <laughs> no, they, 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 they uh, struggling. They get they, they get lockers. Yeah, they get. They lockers. live in lockers in Penn Station. Yeah, no, you know that's like I mean? that's like a very down to earth Muppet movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the one Frank Oz directs. He's a, he's a very serious man. And then, yeah, but this one is like a Fantasia. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it it's, feels it's just yeah. a very. What's great is that it's it very, feels like a fantasy. It's very yeah. big and sprawling. Mm-hmm. It has like that show Americana. The, yeah, the moment in the desert where Kermit talks to himself. I think that's and, like, when I related yeah. to Kermit the most because yeah. I think we've all had that moment in life yeah. of just like we're trying our best here, and yeah. we actually have to talk to ourselves to get us to <laughs> actually so, like, get motivated. Yeah. <laughs> motivated. No, I, I, I probably had that talk before every one of the film productions that I was the director in. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like where you're just like, oh, I brought all these people on, and and everything's falling apart. Why did I do this to them? And you just have to be like. Well, you 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 can you can make a change, man. Yeah, you, you can still make this good. You can still. It's not over till it's over. I mean, it's another story of like you just have to keep trucking in order to get your dream done or made or you know cross that line. Because if you're just if you just like say, oh, life sucks, then you're not gonna move anywhere. You're just gonna be in the swamp. Yeah, it's a nerve. It's nerve wracking to be like, this is gonna be such a big change in my life. But when you finally take that chance, it can pay off. Yeah, yeah, and then you got like that really satisfactory ending. Yeah, like life's like a movie, write your own ending. Mm-hmm. Keep on. It's like we. That's the ideal. Like just like keep. 
Just get, just go, just go keep going. This is the most hopeful movie. I've it is seen. a very hopeful movie. Yeah, this is more hopeful than a new hope. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Any, anything else we want to cover? Do we want to talk about any of the other characters? Sweetums, Sweetums, uh, Sweetums. Yes, Sweetums. that was such a funny gag. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the movie, I'm like, this is great, but they didn't tie Sweetums back in. And then, then Sweetums comes through the screen. He's great. It's he's beautiful. Great. Didn't, he, didn't you say he reminds you of your dad? He's so much like my father. <laughs> and that makes him really endearing to me. You know what I mean? He says mm-hmm. this, this, this joyful, a little... Uh, uh, he's fucking crazy. Not, not, not crazy. <laughs> he says a li- he's, he's very boyish, I would say. You know what I mean? He's he's a little raggedy, like my father. Like I don't want to insult my father with this comparison, but he's a lot like Sweetums. He's just he's, he's just, just a, a big, big a thumping man. Big he's, thumping man who who his feet out with his feet out. You think he's like almost a big, uh, friendly giant in a lot of ways? Kind of. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a much better way of saying uh, it. Yeah, sweet Sweetums and my dad are both just like big friendly giants who just want to tag along for the party. And you know what I mean, and and the yeah, yeah, Sweetums. I, I still John say, Real. I Same say that <laughs> when they're leaving with the car, uh, or no, not even that. Like I think the funniest thing is with Sweetums, he accidentally would he swat like a bug or something. Yeah, he swat like a bug. In yeah, that and, and it goes right in between. <laughs> it's right in between yeah. the thrice. It's good gag. It's, it's all great. Gag. And then he's like, "Take me to Hollywood." And then when he well, yeah. the, he, well, just, he says, "No, I can." No, no, yeah. no, no, no. He doesn't. No, it's he. He says, would you like to go to Hollywood? And he's like, Hollywood? And then he runs off. And then they think that <laughs> means he doesn't want to. And then he comes back and he's just he was just packing. Yeah. It's a solid he's joke. like, hey, guys, yeah. wait up. Perfect. This, this movie has perfect comedy writing. That's another yeah. thing I, I do like, want to mention. Yeah. It's like the script is amazingly tight. Dynamite. And I love how this is an origin story that doesn't feel like it has to set up a bunch of bullshit. And it also like yeah. it knows the perfect place to to introduce every character. Yeah. yeah. Also, it doesn't care about characters' backstories. Yeah, that's I love another that thing too. too. I don't want to hear a bunch of exposition of Fozzie who came from a fucking like forest. no, like we know like he's, I mean he's a bear. So yeah. he, it goes without saying he came yeah. from a forest because yeah, he's talking about it. how his uncle's hibernating. But yeah. no, and we really, don't have to and go like, back into like Ralph's musical career. Yeah, and how no, he learned piano. He's just, he's just you at, know what I mean? He's just at the. Let's, piano just, at let's the bar. just see people in action. Yeah, that's let's it. just see people in their in, element. In their element. I oh, don't yeah. need. I need. I don't need them to explain their backstory to me. I mean, I think Gonzo's the only one where it's like, I, mean, I, I do love Gonzo in this movie, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, he's just in a car, plumbing. <laughs> like you don't he's even the see the king him plumbing. of plumbing, yeah. the prince of plumbing, baby. Like, okay, so one other thing. He's a hard um, character to introduce. He is. It's like, you just gotta sell really because he's such a really he's, silly. He's just a weird guy <laughs> who love loves Gonzo. his who loves his chicken girlfriend. And <laughs> he's great. <laughs> does he love her though? I, I, I mean, no, I think he, he does love her, but he says like very. He's just a, a corny. Just, yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's lo- he's a, I don't, I don't he's, know if I want to describe a Muppet like this. Well, he's, he's no in the in early Muppet show. He's like really weird around Piggy. Like he, he's very weird around Piggy. Yeah. Like right. he, he really wants to. Like he just wants to take mm-hmm. her on a date, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. One other but, thing, like, too. And, but she likes the sensitive type. Um, and Gonzo yeah. is insensitive. One other thing before we move on to our next flick. I could talk. Favorite about cameo. Like 
Favorite cameo? Oh, baby. Shoot. Uh, hmm. Yeah, three for I, a row. I already know mine, so I'm going to go I know mine, too. Can Steve I say mine first? Moden. Or no, you can go I was. Gonna, I knew you were going to say that. Steve Moden, first of all, is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Even though he's, like, world famous, I still find him to be underrated because I just I feel like his style of comedy is just so stellar and just so captivating. And uh, I, he's just in such a foul mood in this movie. And it's just such a... Like, his character could have been so boring. It could have just been a yeah. waiter who gives them their food, tells them when the telephone is there for them. But no. The fact that he's, like, angry. He's yeah. angry. He's just pissed he's off. He's just stuff. pissed off. For no... Is it because, like, he knows that they're, he's not going to get a very good tip from this pig and frog? Well, with Steve Martin <laughs> characters, they're just discontent with their place in life. Also like, I feel shorts. like that's definitive the of the shorts Steve Martin are, is that the shorts? Is it because he's in the outfit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's part of the Steve Martin archetype. You know Smell what I mean? The bottle like, cap. And Parenthood. And, like, the only movie where he's happy in his life is The Joke. And that's because he's blissfully ignorant of everything that's going on in the world. I know. In every other movie, like, he's, he can make ends meet. Like, he doesn't like his job. Like, like the, the line in Parenthood is like, you don't have to do this. And Steve Martin says to his wife, my entire life is a have-to. That defines <laughs> the Steve Martin character. Mm-hmm. And so this is, a, like, very on-brand for him. He's a waiter who doesn't want to wait tables. And All it's right. great. So my favorite Ross. cameo. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Orson Welles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Explain. Uh, there's just so much build-up to him. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect guy to end it to with. To end it with. He's just such, has such a power and presence. And the fact that he's like, there's no negotiation. He's just like, get get me the, the standard Richard, Richard famous contract, contract for Kermit the Frog and But company. he doesn't say it immediately. He absorbs them first. That's he has the to, thing. He like you know eyes I mean? them up yeah. a little eyes bit. Eyes them up a little mm-hmm. bit. He's, so, he's, like, he's got I his cigar. Of he's got his yeah. cigar. He's got his huge office. He, he knows they've got it. It is also kind of cool to think of like Orson Welles as like the king of Hollywood. Because he has that presence what about him. What a better him. place Hollywood would be. But he, yeah, it, he wasn't. He though. wasn't. A, he was mm. an out. He was every, a pariah. Every he didn't really movie, give a shit about ours. Like, yeah, every movie he had a fight for. Yeah, yeah. And that also kind of. There's such a sad interview in "Don't Love Me When I'm Dead," where he's starting to tear up about yeah. how hard, like, he had to work for every movie. And he's like, "I could have been a politician. I could have t- t- been a painter or something like that." And, but and I fought for but, these films. But I feel like, like oh, I feel like oh, that, like that fight in him and his willingness to to do stuff. Yeah also totally works with the theme of this movie yeah which is like you know yeah. it's basically it's yeah. like a movie write your own ending like yeah. get just just do it just if you wanted if you feel the need to entertain and do something you gotta you just, just fucking do it follow through with even it. if you're doing a podcast in your mom's closet yeah you know what i mean you, you gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the only soundproof area so, the only soundproof area in the so then i would there. have to say for me I'm also going to go with Orson Welles. Oh, you got to have a third one. No, I'm going with Orson Welles. Um, but what else? There's like the Richard, Richard Pryor with the balloons. Well, my These thing is... great balloon salesman, yeah, by the way. But yeah, but mine is Orson Welles because <laughs> there is something about him that he just looks at them. There's not really anything else. He just sees them and takes a puff and then he's like... All right, get the contract. Give me the rich and famous That's it. contract. If only it was that easy. Yeah, if only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, then every other person in the world to be a filmmaker in Hollywood. I feel like Frank Oz was pissed off at this ending. And that's why he made Muppets Take Manhattan. Well, what's, so, what, uh, to show how hard show business actually is. Well, what's, what's interesting is that Jim Henson and Frank Oz did have a disagreement over uh, Doc Hopper's arc. Hmm. That mm-hmm. the villain... Uh, 
so basically, Jim Henson wanted Kermit to give uh, Doc Hopper like his big speech, you know, where mm-hmm. he's in the cowboy Which is hat. Beautiful. And, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 then that Doc Hopper would have uh, a change of heart, and then. Frank Oz was like, "It's bullshit." No, he's a terrible asshole. People don't just change. Yeah. People don't just change, don't like, change that. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and Jim is like a good collaborator. So he's like, "Yeah, you might be right." You know, I like, love it. Like the, the conversations are low. Yeah. Conversations between Bert and Ernie. Yeah. No. They're, yeah. They're basically based off of. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's funny. Anyway, how many stars do we give this movie? Yes. Yeah. Let's let's go. Are around. we going out, out of ten or out of five? Um. Let's go out of five. Okay. I feel more comfortable with out of five because if you do ten, then it's like someone's going to do point something. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Hmm. Okay. Point. Point. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. So five stars. Five stars. Going for it. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go five. All right. Well, a unanimous five stars. Yeah. First movie on the pod. And it's a perfect five. And we start out with perfect a bingo. Five. Yeah. Perfect five. Could we have gone more in depth? Maybe. We're still working out the kinks on yeah. our dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to figure this shit out. <laughs> anyway, Robocop. All right. Robocop! Robocop! Okay, so Just Colin. Pe- peek the mic some more, will you? Robocop! Animal! Animal! Colin! Animal! Colin! Colin! Because you brought Robocop, you want to start? Yes. So, it's interesting. The reason why I've developed such a great love for Robocop... (laughs) 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 The reason why I've developed such a great love for Robocop over the past few weeks is actually from a podcast I listened to. What podcast? Blank Check with Griffin and David. They talk about Robocop? Griffin thinks that it's the great American movie and he thinks it's the greatest movie ever made and that man's palpable passion for this film inspired me to watch it again and it made me realize because when when I watched it I was like 16 you know I didn't really have I had less of a brain than I have now so I didn't really like look at the subtext of the movie I just saw it as this big dumb action movie you know what I mean but I saw it again after that podcast that I listened to and I was like oh my god this movie is just such a great attack on the police force on American oh, consumerism absolutely yes. on, on mm-hmm. the privatization I mean, you call of it, American I mean you call it subtext I, it's like, just that's, like that's not subtext at all it's like really it's, out it's there. right in front it's, really it's, be, it, it's basically yeah. just say fuck the cops that's essentially well no it's, it's I mean it's more about like the from. system yeah yeah. cause it's like here's this corporation that basically owns the police that's like hey let's make the perfect cop and like we don't know for a fact whether or not they're creating more crime or not. Like, yeah, if they totally are. They totally. No, no, the, the, no they literally they are. Really yeah, are. they literally are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, wait. Yeah, they it's literally are. It's causing more crime than crime. good. Yeah, no, the gang is is owned because by prom- the gang owns the police. Yeah, of course they are. They yeah. Prom- yeah, yeah, yeah. Crime. They're all yeah. connected, which is. It's a very yeah. It's a well constructed yeah. world. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's right. like those all those like thrillers were like the end is they knew it all along. Uh, you, you know how like it goes straight to the top yeah all the crime and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah and those are those are fine you know but I think this one does it best yeah you know what I mean because it's like yeah the, the, everything is corrupt everything is fucked up this is the type of world that we live in and then a Jesus comes in tries to save it get his gets his hand blown off 
Yeah. And then he literally becomes a product of this corporation. It's, like, so fucked up. And that's also, like, mm-hmm. the thing is, like, RoboCop's not, like, an action movie where it's, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a RoboCop? It's, like, isn't it fucked up that there's a RoboCop? Yeah. yeah. And it's also just kind of, like, the idea of, like, police are trained. In the real world, police are kind of trained to be, you know, machines that follow the rules. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know... Like, don't think, don't necessarily think super Which is why we love so many cop movies where the cop goes against the book. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's that's why that's a favorite archetype of a, of a Hollywood movie cop is the type mm-hmm. who's like, I'm not filling out that paperwork. This buster's going down. You I'm going to shoot I mean? that motherfucker. Yeah, like the Dirty Harrys, the mm-hmm. uh, Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. The, but also, I feel, like, I feel like RoboCop is different. Like, Murphy is different from that because... He totally follows protocol. No, 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 but no, but like his arc is that like it, it really highlights the human aspect mm-hmm. of oh yeah of the RoboCop, you know. Whereas you know uh, Mel Gibson and uh, and, and, uh, and Lethal Web and Le- yeah. yeah, like they're just fucking maniacs. They're just fucking yeah. maniacs. They just yeah, decide to do whatever they, they, they want. They don't. We should aspire to be like. They don't have humanity to them. Yeah, they don't. They're just completely random. RoboCop is yeah. a, RoboCop, a man who's been stripped of his humanity. It's his humanity that comes through that makes uh, and helps him take down the system that makes yeah. it, it makes him admirable yeah, yeah. especially you know the yeah. last line of just like you know good shooting kid what's your name and he's and just we like all knew Murphy the line before he was gonna yeah say well, of course but it's, yeah. so, it's so just the way it's so it just satisfying. goes it's just like Murphy and then he just yeah. goes that's the end of the Cuts movie by the way this is such an athletically made movie yeah oh, like yeah it's a, no fat 43 minutes and that is just incredible how much story they get done. So much. And very, yeah. very yeah. economic world building with their commercials. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like with, the, with the, 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 the board game with the... <laughs> the newcomers. The newcomers. New new yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know exactly what world this is. The newscast where they accidentally... Santa Barbara. <laughs> they, they, they accidentally destroy, like... Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, yeah. Where, where two retired presidents live. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, like, whoops, press the button. And that's just, like, glossed over. Next thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that does... it's not that important. <laughs> like, but also, that does make me think, like, if that were on CNN, they would not stop talking about that. For, like, at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then you wouldn't catch up with any other horrible things yeah, that happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's all selective. Or actually, no, they would probably just fixate on one politician's petty probably and then, yeah just know. like oh this shitty thing happened and then this asshole said something else so well, yeah. CNN probably wouldn't even look at the tragedy they would focus on who was behind it you know yeah. what i mean like they they, they they would have reporters like going up to the people who are operating the space satellite mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> yeah they gotta like, send up a cnn rocket yeah. <laughs> that one would probably uh, malfunction. that would actually yeah malfunction, yeah, malfunction and then hit too. the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. more tragedy but uh, there's one top CNN i always think exec. about i always what, what is it with like weather reports where like there's a big hurricane and they send the weather guy out in a f- hurricane like yeah. this is my well, job. I mean, how many times like, are they actually out on the whole canyon? How many times is it? No, they're like in the wind. They're yeah. like almost getting knocked down. Yeah. yeah. Like why did you don't you, you don't need to do flown. this? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need just to just go from this. a window and just do that. Yeah. yeah. But I think for me, because I'm such a big lover of sci-fi, and it's something that it's another movie what a sci-fi film should do. It should basically be exploring something in our world through this high reality science fiction premise. It's yeah. just something that to me 
if that if it does that, then I'm like, all right, cool. And plus, it's just a kick-ass action movie at the same time. The set pieces are so good. The one scene that I really loved was he's coming out of OCP, right? That's what it was called? Yeah. yeah. OCP, uh, and he was trying to arrest um, one of the guys, and all of a sudden, all the cops just literally open fire on him. And it's such an interesting thing of just like, again, the Jesus Messiah figure yeah. coming back, well, literally coming back from the dead. Trying to save the world. Trying the to save them. It. Yeah. And yeah. trying to just make a good name, even for the police, of just like, here, we do this by the book, and this is how we stop crime super easy. Yeah. And them just annihilating him and him literally almost dying again. Yeah. And it's just such an amazing scene. But through that scene too, he's he realizes that he can take off his mask because he's mm-hmm. saved by his former partner. Yeah. yeah, and that connects him deeper still to his his humanity. By the way, is the way. is the mask the the LED screen like where he sees? Yeah, that's the yeah, visor. That, that's how yeah. he sees things. Okay. Yeah. But he decides to unscrew it. Remember? <laughs> yeah. 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 Even though there's a shot with, um, I think it's after he gets hit by. At 209, you can see his eye just through, like, this cracked piece of glass. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 So, I kind of feel like for... No, this film has some of the best POV shots Oh, yeah. Ever. Definitely. Because, like, if you just look at RoboCop from a design standpoint, like, if you know nothing about RoboCop and you look at that design, you think, oh, the visor is his eyes. But no, and then, like, the <laughs> taking away... But, like, the taking away of the visor is like, oh, that's not... That's not his eyes. That's the machinery blocking his it eyes from having, more like... humanity from him. Yeah. 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 It's just his mouth that's literally the only thing that people yeah. see from him. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, that also might be just for concealing identity's sake because when he died. Uh, and that is bad. Dude, totally, imagine being. Yeah. Dude, imagine if his wife found out. Yeah. Holy shit. That's sort of what they do with the, is that the remake. The, is that, oh, that happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's I don't sort of. See that, do yeah, I? no, the remake sucked. Okay. Yeah. So don't worry about that. I, I heard all they have to say is drones are bad. Yeah, that's kind of it. it. Which they are. Yeah. But they that's it. shot half the movie. <laughs> yeah, on a drone. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah, I would say, like, just in terms of any of the Robocop movies, this is the only one you really need to see. Because the sequels really aren't that great, and I think the third one was PG thirteen. And they put his visor back on. Yeah, it's like what it doesn't make any sense. Why would they it's put almost, the visor back on? It's almost like just get a new RoboCop for the next one. You don't yeah. need to do Murphy again. So so I don't inspired. Know. But it's um, it's definitely a movie that if you want to do anything with science fiction, that's like a mandatory kind of watch. And I would just say too that. Paul Verhoeven is completely insane, but I love him for that. I love him so much. And I think he's definitely one of my favorite directors, especially with this and Starship Troopers. Did Basic Instinct too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what Basic I love Instinct. about Paul Verhoeven is that like he his films can entertain both the smartest guy in the audience and, and the, the dumbest. dumbest guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's no separation between but- highbrow and lowbrow. I mean, the only problem is that I'm not sure... Because they're kind of a mix of both. I'm not sure if the dumbest guy in the room can understand satire... And that's well. It's and, appealing and that, to the dumbest guy because of the violence. Is yeah. that like that can be kind of, but that can be kind of a problem with like Starship Troopers, for example, where it's like 
because if you don't get the, if you don't cool. if you don't get yeah, the, yeah that, you, that's the dumb lowbrow part yeah, of it yeah yeah, yeah if, it's if like you, sign if, up for the yeah, military yeah, yeah. If, if you don't get the if you don't get the satire you, you're you're just taking it in as straight uh, yeah fascist propaganda but that, that's yeah. for the lowbrow yeah fascists are idiots um, so yeah just, that's, that's, <laughs> well, that's why um, lowbrow guys have to hang out with highbrow guys yeah because highbrow guys don't ha- don't have any social skills no and usually can't defend themselves especially doing and lowbrow guys usually can't understand good art and that's why we have this podcast and that's why we have yeah. this podcast yeah. yeah i think for me though it's it's something that even his design is great regardless of it yeah. like even with the, when he takes the visor off and everything seeing that again it's the just way the skin connects to the to all the robotics ugh. how they like, stretch out the skin it's amazing yeah. body horror and yeah. it's it's and upsetting it, yeah but it's deeply it, upsetting yeah, yeah i think my favorite shot of him too is when he's um gonna fight red from that 70s show um and he's just like there holding the gun up in the water Again, the Jesus imagery yeah, of walking, walking on water. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. There's just something about that shot where it's like there's cowboy stuff in there. There's just sort of like the everyday action hero sort of thing. But seeing a guy who's literally brought back from... Well, he dies again. Brought back from the dead, almost dying again. Then finally, in a way, his humanity coming back is him being born again, too. And yeah. I just... I, there's there's a bunch of just like religious shit in here too that I love yeah. yeah. and I just feel like when we were discussing it even last night a little bit talking about the Terminator series I think I prefer this over the Terminator stuff I do just the first movie not anything else that came after Terminator's easier to digest than this when you really take a look at it yeah but I would say regardless if it's a thinking man or a non-thinking man it's a movie that feels so unique and also just way too familiar at the same time. Yeah. 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 Um, one one quick thing. Mm. Can we talk about Ed 209? Oh, my God. The doggo of the movie. The <laughs> no, but like, like the way... Not a, no, but how like, dare you insult dogs the way like No, I'm not insulting. The way he's, he's adorable. Weirdly, like I think the way his introduction scene is like kind of the scariest part. <laughs> that's why you never like, volunteer. Dude, imagine, imagine <laughs> being, imagine being that guy who after po- who who like is told to like point the gun at the robot and see what happens, and the robot says, "Yeah, twenty seconds, drop the weapon." You drop the weapon, you do the right thing, you comply, and you still fucking get obliterated. It's a it's maybe fucking, he should have thrown the weapon. Wait, shit, that's what happens in real life. <laughs> people will drop, you know, people will drop their weapon, weapon and still and get bang, killed. Bang, bang. But anyway, but I'm going to say though that I'll I'll make a case. But I like, love Ed 209 because he's so like dysfunctional. Yeah. He can't go downstairs. He can't go down. That's adorable. That's the way he's thing. animated, yeah. like he just looks so, so like he's so cute. Yeah. You know, it, and even like when his hand, or I guess you can... Can you say hand? Like, the left gun, I guess. Gun. He his, doesn't have hands. He has guns. 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 The left gun gets, like, blown up. Um, and just seeing... again, Yeah, also just the stop motion. Really, all the effects in here. Very Everything's, like, really well integrated, except, yeah. except for that guy getting pushed off the building with his, oh, with his arms. Oh, with his arms, yeah. Great. His arms are, like, it's way too long. That, I, it's a great little... But uh, it's like, why... A mistake. Like, how could they but... have not seen that those arms are way too long? Like, was that on purpose? Like, I just don't. I kind of feel like it, it was just be. a mistake. But if it's on purpose, then I Oliver love it even Hooven more. Oliver is, is a complete satirist. 
So like yeah. that 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 may be him just like reminding the audience that what they're watching isn't real, because maybe. it's such a triumphant ending. You know what I yeah. mean? So maybe yeah. like he wanted to like pull back like, the corner. But like, hey, this is all bullshit. This you know this, bullshit. right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, it's well. You know the other thing too regarding any news of RoboCop. I know we don't really want to discuss a bunch of movie news, but there is one of those direct legacy sequels coming out for RoboCop. Oh, so it's not like a, a remake? Or? No, it's not a remake. It's like Ed, a, a direct... Edward Newmyers. Is the, uh, who, is the guy who plays RoboCop in it? I think... I only saw like, you know, little thing on Wikipedia. I, I didn't really look into it. I was just like, oh, they're doing another one. RoboCop Returns. Mm. Oh, is, who's, who's, uh, who's, who's in it? Who's... Yeah. Uh, he's... Uh, they don't have a cast yet. Oh. Who's uh, directing it? Abe Forsyth. And he okay. directed this movie called Little Monsters. Can I see what the, else? Can I see what else is on? I got one percent, but on your phone, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah this guy's uh, just some guy. Just some, some guy. Some, some guy. Good for him. The yeah. screenwriter of the original Robocop is the writer. Is the writer, and uh, what I like is it isn't a remake. Yeah, yeah. like that's what I'll say with. Oh no, Coven's writing it too. Oh, oh really? Cool. cool. Oh, nice. that's even better. Nice. I, I, I'll just say a quick tangent on those direct sequels mm-hmm. is some of them are great, but some of them really suck. And yeah. I'm really hoping that this is one of those Halloween 2018 uh, experiments that like it'll pay off somehow. Hopefully. Yeah, because yeah. we don't want another Jurassic World. I mean, I think like the shining example of that is of those is probably Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a perfect, that, or it like actually. That's is, a perfect. Sequel. Well, also the, yeah, the, the first top. Sequel. I mean, the first Top Gun sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely, it, it, it's a, lot of, <laughs> a very high bar to jump. The bar is very yeah. low. Yeah. All they needed to do was just do really cool flying scenes, and yeah. they they went even they, they also went further. Like, yeah. It's such a solid structure. It's such, it's a, such great a perfect structure. Movie. The emotions of the characters yeah, are palpable. Cool. Great writing, great acting. Like Top Gun Maverick just fires on all cylinders, and it's yeah. very sincere. That's very another sincere. Well, for another yeah. time. Let's discuss that because yeah. it'll probably uh, return to the podcast. Yeah. Like yeah. I think we should. I think I think we'll probably get to talk about Top Gun around Oscar season. Probably. Because yeah. I got some good feelings about Oh, hell yeah. Do you guys have... you want to talk Oscar predictions? No. Uh, no, because uh. I probably haven't seen most of an Oscar nominate kind of thing, like a nominee. Nominee. Nominations. I, it's something that I'm not really into a lot um, of those yeah. movies. Well, I mean, you saw The Fablemans. Yeah. You saw... But that's um, a, that's also sort of a mainstream movie, too. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, young people would beg to differ. Oh, They're right. like... They, they think Steven Spielberg is, like, an art house filmmaker that no one can... Really? Yeah, they think they think Spielberg's too esoteric these days. Uh, um, they don't... Oh, man. Yeah, they're just, like... If you like, want to talk esoteric, then... Mom I don't was know, Coppola? <laughs> like, Esoteric. I don't know. Maybe in some of his movies, but like I don't know. I, I, mean, I, think I would say like a, I would say Apocalypse or... Now is still. That's the it's classic. vibey. Yeah. It's vibey. But yeah, it's no. I mean, vibey. but that's like, I guess the closest thing we have to a mainstream director that's trying to make something challenging, and it's something, and also like everyone sees the movie. Nolan. No, well, James Cameron. I was gonna say Jordan Peele, actually. Oh yeah. Because mm. like. Oh, like yeah. Nope is a weird fucking movie. Yeah. It's a weird movie that. that wants you to think about it. You Very know, strange structural. Whereas like Nolan, yeah. like I don't know if Nolan wants you to think about it. 
he I wanted he to back in the two thousands. But like Tenet, it's like don't worry about it. He's yeah, just te- like Tenet's Nolan's just really whatever. Nolan's really all about spectacle. Where it's like Jordan Peele's like mm. Jordan Peele has something to say. Get Out was great. Get Out's great. Us is meh. Uh, I didn't bother seeing Us. Until us. The ending. Um, it overexplains itself. You know, it, like and it yeah. logistically makes no sense. You know, it's funny because you know, yeah. I do really love like the two thousands, early twenty ten of Nolan. I think after Dark Knight Rises is sort of where I was I lost interest. Like I saw Interstellar, but I I don't know. I, I didn't really like that. It just didn't seem it didn't seem as exciting as probably everybody was hyping it up to be. Like mm. um Dunkirk yeah. was great though. That's that's a great one. I'm but, in no mm. place to talk about Nolan because I haven't seen Memento. I feel like I cannot discuss Nolan at present. But anyone who knows me... Have you seen Inception? I have. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a like, classic yeah, enough. Okay. Like, it's okay. Yeah. That's I've, seen, I've seen the Dark Knight trilogy. I've seen Inception. I'm Batman. And I just have some major qualms with Christopher Nolan. Um, I think the ways that he shoots things is just very boring. Well, it's just supposed to be real. Like, it's very quote, bland. Real. It's all about realism. Realism. The, the, fucking... I, I'm the type of guy who likes cinematographers like Robert Richardson. Who just blast the shit out of the movies with hot lights and make everything <laughs> like really interesting to look at? Hmm. Like that—that's my type of cinema, baby. And Christopher Nolan just has a very plain, very Wonder Bread type of look to his films. But that's what he wants to do. I know, and it's—and yeah, I don't like I, it. I get it. I, <laughs> I don't it works, like it. It works for the Dark Knight it trilogy. It looks like a Sony commercial. It works for the Dark Knight trilogy, sort of for Inception, but I think. For his style and the types of stories that he does, it makes sense. So I don't know. It's I think his cinematographer. I don't know how Wall- many Wally, they've done. Wally Pfister. Wally Pfister. Yeah. Wait, I don't think he shot Tenet and in Interstellar though. Okay. Or wait, I know he did the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So that because that's a it's a decent trilogy. First two are great. Then Dark yeah. Knight Rises. <laughs> but like facts. In well, terms of cinematography, the Batman blows those movies out of the water. Sure. By the way, I have a fun fact about Wally Pfister. 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 It's like there's a P in the beginning. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, at Montclair State, he was uh, he talked for, for a film forum. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I was on a Zoom call with him. Nice. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Did you know he uh, directed the. Uh, you know the Taco Bell nacho fries commercial? He where, did that? Where it's like Blade Runner? Yeah. Yeah, he directed that. Ah, oh, sick. Yeah. I know I he did a Johnny Depp movie that sucked. Oh, Transcendence? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, if we are going to discuss a little bit about Batman, uh, I still think the best looking Gotham City, in my opinion, is still the Burton movies. I love that German expressionism but sort of like twisty gothic look. I, I think the the Matt Reeves, the Batman, has like has kind of a really good balance the of most like palpable. Has a really good balance of like, like I felt like I was. It's no, it it's feels beautiful. like it feels like a modern city and still has like the gothic architecture in places. It's and, beautiful. It was on yeah. Liverpool of yeah. all places, but I still I still yeah. like that look the best. It's just something to me it's that it's most like comic book esque. Yeah. yeah, it's like and the same thing for the Batman, like the New Fifty Two. Um, and even the the run now for mm-hmm. Batman, it's it does have that same kind of look. Yeah. The, the Nolan one just looks like Chicago. Yes, yeah. because that was the point. It's supposed to be: Can Batman be in the real world? And yeah. the and answer is sort of. That's not what, <laughs> what <laughs> the movies. 
We don't go to the movies to see the real world. I, w- I would just watch a documentary then. Well, you know, maybe should have interviewed Batman. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, found a vigilante in Miami or something. Like I don't that. know. It's yeah. it's weird, but yeah, I would say that um, the Batman looks great and was definitely a, a kick-ass movie. I s- how many times did you guys see that in the theater? Five times. You saw it five times? I saw it five times. I saw it once. I saw it twice. Um, I yeah. still need to rewatch. I it. got a free ticket the second time. It's just so long, though. Yeah, it's way too long. <laughs> it's like it doesn't. It's like three hours. Yeah. It didn't. There were so it many moments where it's like three hours. There's a perfect moment where they could have just ended it. It's, yeah. It's at the. It's the shot where he's where looking he's up. Looking it's up. Where he's looking up yeah. after the. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, that's it. Cut yeah. right there. Yeah. It's, it's not. He a learned his lesson. He did the monologue, and then. Yeah. Boom, you're out. You're out. I really like the scene where he says with Zoe Kravitz just chilling, and she says, like, well, they're going to come after you, but you can come away with me. Well, then put and that before... Oh, no, you can't. Just yeah. cut, no, cut it out. That, I really like that. You could, you could save that for the next movie. I yeah, really like do that for that the intro for the to the next, intro one, yeah. the next one, yeah. I hope Mr. Freeze is the villain in yeah, the next Yeah, seriously. One. Can I make a prediction about who's going to play Mr. Freeze? Please. Who? Or at least a request. Uh-huh. If for whatever reason Matt Reeves listens to this podcast... Our episode one of our Our unknown unknown podcast. podcast, Matt, if you're out there, buddy, first of all, great movie, man. Second of all, (laughs) Stanley Tucci as Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Please. I don't know. You know who should be? You know, no, no, no. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Too short. Yeah. Christoph Waltz. Just put him on stilts. Who cares? Who gives a shit? He's Who cares? Yeah, and he's German too. Who cares if he's no, German or not? No, no, that's very, amazing about he's very Mr. Freeze too. Mr. Freeze Walsh is too confident. Mr. Freeze to play is a, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze should be a German scientist, though. He should be no. talking just like this. But also, yeah. Mr. Freeze was a very insecure man, and that's why he loved his wife so much. Well, what what, you don't you, what, you don't think Christoph Waltz could insecure. play insecure? I haven't seen it yet. Maybe. Have you read Mr. Freeze? No, like once he's in the costume, like he now he's, he's Christoph Waltz. He's <laughs> Wait, no, 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 because in the comic, yeah. um, he's definitely more confident. Like as a scientist, he's just trying to save his wife. I don't think he's insecure. I mean, like oh, the animated series, the animated series is the thing that like actually that gives really him gave him that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. like he had an edge even before he got pushed into all those chemicals. Well, he he had anger. Yeah, I don't but think like he had confidence. But I don't think he was ever an insecure character. I think he was. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with that because, like, no, I mean, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just standing between you two. Yeah, just, yeah. On, we're on just our, going at on it. our Muppet movies and RoboCop podcast. Here, we're gonna talk about Fucking how insecure Mister Freeze. Freeze is. I think he was because he loved his wife so much. Man, Mister Freeze, that man gets no pussy. Can can I yes, say? Yes, well, can not, I say not in the costume? So I I will <laughs> but when say when his loving wife was around. Yeah. Do you, think his, do you think his balls are like always shrunken? No, they're always blue. <laughs> but no, but like they're always like they're like always like like you know when you're in like the pool. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'd never thought about the super villain anatomy, but at the same, <laughs> but here's the thing: it's just that with Mister Freeze, the only way you get to really corner him or do whatever, and maybe I mean I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make him weak, but it's so hard to like make him actually weak in the comic or even in movies oh no no i'm not talking about no i know what you're saying insecure but insecure not after after he gets his powers he's a badass and yeah, but he was still he wasn't insecure kind of as a scientist i think he was insecure as a scientist uh, if, if you see the paul dini episode yes of Batman, but did, the animated you, series, did you read the comic <laughs> 
No. Then you don't know. (laughs) Anyway, we should probably wrap up. Basically, the way this works is we're ripping off Sardonicast, where each of us takes turns recommending a movie for the next episode. Okay. Um, So uh, we're going in alphabetical order. So, Colin, you're first. What do you want us to watch for next week? So, I put a lot of thought into this. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I really want to watch In the Bedroom. Oh, yeah. The only dilemma is that In the Bedroom is a hard movie to find. Let me so, check Just Watch. Yeah, look on... Yeah. Let me check Just Watch. So on, if it's an uh, easy movie service. to find, I would love to watch In the Bedroom. But if you guys are having difficulties finding that movie, I don't I don't want to put you through the wrinkle to find this film. Um. Yeah. Let me see. What would be a second option? Um. Oh, it can be rented on... You can rent it. We can. It can be rented for two ninety nine. On what? Like all the all the VOD stuff. Oh, okay. That's uh, not too hard. Yeah, okay. Never mind. We're, we're watching in the bedroom because Ian and I went to a marvelous event at a very swank hotel. Yeah. Where we saw a screening of Tall with Todd Field himself. Yes. And yes. I talked with Todd Field afterwards, and yes. he gave me great words of encouragement, and I love that man. It's a cool man. And so we are going to watch more of his work. I wasn't at this thing. It was just an Ian and Colin thing. Yeah. Ian and I managed to get lost in a numbered grid. Yeah. If Ross was there, we wouldn't have had to worry about that. We will save (laughs) more of this for next week. Yes. So next week. I'll tell my side of the story. uh, If you're following along with the podcast, be sure to watch In the Bedroom, uh, directed by Todd Field from the year 2002. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh, but before we end, we should mention our YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel. That we channel. just launched. Yeah. The one day. You might be listening to this episode on the channel. Yeah. yeah. If you're not on a podcast app. But uh, anyway, if you're listening on this app, you can also have some audio-visual experiences on our YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. This Friday. Yes. When we will be releasing... My film, Guardian Banshee. Yes. Yeah. And then also, we're going to be doing uh, weekly uh, sketches mm-hmm. and also this podcast every week. Yes. So subscribe for that. You're going to be well fed if you're a fan of ours. Yes. We guarantee it. Yes. And yeah, if, you're uh, a, if you're a Muppet or sci fi fan, just hop on. Yeah. Here's you know? the thing if you want to like know about either, you know, movies that usually don't get talked about, I want to say. Because I don't always see somebody talking about the Muppet movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I do because I'm a Muppet nerd. So yes, I'm, because I, I'm, you're I'm a Muppet in that, nerd. I'm in that circle. But, <laughs> but for the general public or general listener, um, yeah, I mean, we all love cult films, we niche, love cult films. We love all that kind of stuff. Films. Yeah. movies. Um, we'll watch. I'll watch anything. I mean, you know, my comfort movie is House of a Thousand Corpses. So... Mm. Take that as you will. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Straight Dog Podcast. And uh, stay tuned for The Guardian Banshee coming this Friday. Hey, this is Ross with a correction. Uh, Actually, Guardian Banshee already came out, and this episode is uploaded on a Tuesday. Uh, We're still working out the kinks of our schedule. And uh, stay tuned for more podcast episodes, too. So long. Ta-ta. Mm-hmm.